Welcome into Behind the Helm, the Midwest's number one military podcast that features myself, Chief Dowden, a Navy recruiter in Indiana, along with a gaggle of guests from all different walks of life. It was originally created by Petty Officer Levesque and myself to bring together the past, present, and future while describing military life and benefits a bit more in depth to give a better understanding of how it works. This podcast was created for anyone. Not just those looking to join the military, but for those who are already in, finished a term, retired, and even those that just want to learn a little bit more information. You can watch video of this podcast on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch live with bonus content every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. No matter where you watch or listen, do us a favor. Help us get this information out there. Find it, like it, share it, follow it. You never know who you might help. Enjoy the show. Episode 79. You have to forgive me. The weather is, I'm a little, uh, a little mucusy today. Uh, but episode 79, the number one military podcast in Indiana. If this is your first time here, hey, you're in for a treat. But if this is your 79th time here, thank you. Fields, I don't know if you're out there. He, and that's normally who it is. And my mom. Uh, you know, we got some other people who will be coming in. Uh, I got to switch over to multi-stream so I make sure I watch for the uh, comments. I always forget. But yeah, if you're out there, you know, make sure you smash that like button, subscribe, hit the bells, do the things, all the algorithmic things that help get this message out there. Because even if this information isn't for you, it might help somebody else. You never know. Again, episode 79. So welcome in. We're here another Thursday, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, as always, live. I think I've got a couple of the kinks out, too. We're going to have a special guest, and we shouldn't get that double audio. Um, so what are we talking about today? What are we going to be doing? Well, after you smash that like button, after you subscribe, after you share this feed, you're going to get the opportunity to meet, if you haven't, the first time, a longtime listener and one of, uh, one of our favorite guests is coming back on, uh, and that's going to be Chief Jeremy Snyder, AOC type, uh, which I'll bring in in just a minute. But we're going to be talking about overseas. He's actually, if you read the description, serving overseas right now in a little place called Bahrain, or some say Bahrain, or however you want to say it. It's the kingdom of Bahrain over in the Middle East. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, so again, make sure you hit that like button. Thank you for tuning in. We're here. First episode of February, February 2nd. Can't believe it's already here. So uh, to, in order to do this properly, uh, so that we also don't get any double audio, I am going to actually be wearing headphones today. This should help. Mm -mm -mm. I'll mess up the hair. It's a, it's a problem. Oof. Jeez. All right. Nice headphones. And then it makes it sound like I'm real echoey to myself. So that's fun. But without further ado, let's go ahead and bring in our very special guest, and we'll make sure that he can hear us. Chief Snyder, are you there, sir? I can hear you loud and clear. Hey, perfect. I can hear you. Look, I fixed it. Look at that. I levecked it. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> we'll see. Somebody comment if there's any double audio. There shouldn't be. We actually had time to do a, a good sound check. We recorded it, and I had to do it, what, like three or four times, and I think the last time we had it, but I forgot to record it, so that's cool. So you're looking good, man. You've been been working out, sweating over there. Is it hot? Uh, it, it was hot. It's uh, it gets highs of 70s right now, low of 60s in the evening time. Oh, jeez. Uh, light time is going to be unbearable in the probably in the 110s, 120s. It's going to be yeah. pretty hot. Well, I mean, enjoy, enjoy those 70s while you can. Uh, Christopher Harkins just gave us a like and is now following. Thank you, Chief Harkins. Also, somebody's been on the show before. Um, and uh, looks like we have a comment in here on Facebook from uh, another another guest and somebody you know. Uh, that would be Slattery. Hi, Chief. Lafayette misses you. <laughs> she's you guys, too. She's out there all by herself. And she actually had messaged me and said, I don't know if I'm going to be able to be on. I think she's up at headquarters trying to get her computer fixed. I said, well, you have a phone. <laughs> you know, I had to give her a hard time. But So you've been on the show before, right? And in fact, um, you brought us... You you shined this up for us. Uh, you brought us this round for the eagle last time you were. I don't know if you could see it very well. Uh, and that was off of a hornet, right? Yeah, that came out of an F eighteen. That was uh, that round was shot uh, 
during my 2015-2016 uh, deployment over over here in the, in the Arabian Gulf. So that's pretty cool. Awesome. So you you are originally an Indiana native. You graduated from Plymouth High School. Is that correct? That is correct. 2004, if I remember correctly. 2005. 2005. All right. So I did graduate a year before you, uh, but you've also been in the Navy like a lot longer than me. So you've been in the Navy how long? Uh, it'll be 18 years on June 14th. So 18. That's a long time. It's a long, a long time. time. You sh- shooting for 20? I would assume so at this point, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Have to, right? Have to. Yeah. 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 After that ten-year mark, you're you're kind of in it to win it. So yeah, I'm coming up on twelve. So I definitely it goes by fast. Definitely feeling that and it does. And uh, you know, you originally joined. You're from there. You did you now? You're an AOC, which we're that's aviation ordnance man. Which we're gonna look at a, a short video uh, here in a minute that kind of explains what that is. Um, but did you originally did you originally come in as an AO? Is that what you chose at MEPS? It was yes. I uh, I came in uh, contract as an AO, picked uh, picked my rating at Meps, and uh, been one ever since. So it, it worked out. I think me and you were joking about the video that we're gonna watch. <laughs> the person oh, the- at the very <laughs> beginning, what he says is just like, why? Why would you put that in the video? And I think they did it on purpose because I feel like there's like an animosity in the Navy towards AOs, unless you're an AO, because it's easily like one of the most, like you got the CBs, the CBs are very prideful, but it's multiple rates. AOs are AOs and AOs are probably one of the most like just prideful rate I've ever met. Like, I mean, would you agree with that? You think there's, you think other people hate you because you like there's animosity because you're just so prideful of your rate? Uh, I, I mean, we are definitely a tight knit, uh, tight knit group uh, compared to some of the other ratings out there, and uh, like the old saying goes, they hate us because they ain't us. You they know? hate us because so. they ain't us. And there's a there's a saying only. Uh, I feel like other people have tried to adopt it, and it's you can't. And that's AOS, which is a uh, um, an acronym that you guys like to uh, bark, yell. Uh, and AOS stands for what? Oh, you mean IOS? Yeah, sure. What? Yeah, I owe yes. There you go. I'm sorry. Yeah, I won't say the last word, but it, basically, uh, if you ain't ordinance, you ain't. And use your imagination for the last word. S word. You ain't crap. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's definitely a very prideful rate. And uh, I've, you know, what's weird is is for somebody who's who's never been aviation myself, um, it's wild how many um, AOs I've met in my time. Um, you know, whether it be in Virginia or just in recruiting. Like, you know, I've met a lot of AOs and, you know, I think that it's kind of a bad rap. I don't, I don't think that you guys are, are, are like, I don't know. Like there's, there's always those, those, uh, you know, sayings like, oh, they're, they're dumb knuckle draggers. This, this, I'm like, <laughs> not the ones I've met. Like, you know, it seems like all the ones I've met have been actually pretty intelligent guys. So, and gals, excuse me, people, sailors, and- toasters, whatever. Yep. <laughs> So you started out, you, you didn't join directly after high school, right? You, you wait a little bit. I, well, I actually joined um, right at the start of my senior year. I was actually in the delayed entry program for an entire year, almost to the day um, before I went to boot camp. And after I graduated high school, about two weeks later, I was in boot camp at Great Lakes. Yeah. I. You know, what's weird is, is when I joined, I mean, yeah, I joined later, but Man, I was I joined in April and I didn't ship to boot camp till December. Like I was in debt for it being especially being somebody who's older, most of the time you don't see that, you know. Um yeah, I was in in uh debt for a long time too. Uh so you went to you went to boot camp and then you go to your A school which which for AOs is it, it's in Pensacola, correct? Correct. It is in Pensacola with the rest of the uh, aviation ratings. Yeah, I was going to say most almost I think pretty much basically all of them are there. Um, where you just learn your basic, you know, your job, right? You, your, your job at that point is to go to school and learn. Uh, but when it comes to AOs, there's two really main entities, right? So you have ship's company and you have squadron. Is that, is that how you describe that? Uh, yeah. I mean, you also, you have your ship's company, you have your squadron, you also have your station weapons, Mm -hmm. um, AO, um, yeah. So, so little 
little Jeremy Snyder at the time, right? Because you're you were what like all of five foot at the time or something like that. Um, uh, a few it, inches. Yeah, you uh, you get done with a school. Where was your first like first parent command? Where'd you go first? So right after a school, uh, I originally thought I was going to because when you go to a school, you don't necessarily know 100% where you're going to end up. So based on based on a multitude of things while you're in a school will determine whether or not you get follow on training, at least for us after a school. So mm -hmm. for myself, um, um, I, uh, I was fortunate enough to pick um, my first set of orders to a squadron in Virginia Beach and those squadron orders um, uh, required me to go to uh, a, another weapons school um, in which I had to go to Lemoore, California. So I went from Great Lakes to Pensacola out to Lemoore, California uh, for a few months before I went to my first command in Virginia Beach. Which was in Virginia. So you literally went Midwest, uh, Florida, West Coast, East Coast. And I mean, that all that time was, that would have been in less than a year, right? Or it was, yeah, right on a year. So I went, yeah, I went to boot camp, um, boot camp in June, and I was checked into my first command um, the first week of December that same year. Wow. Like that's, I mean, that's just, you know, that's crazy. Like you literally went, you know, almost four corners, you know, of, of the, uh, of the United States in less than a year. Um, you got to right. see that different stuff. So that's cool. So you, you're with a squadron now squadrons, a little different than ship's company, right? So you are attached basically to this squadron of aircraft. Um, and I think a lot of people don't realize that, you know, when you see a carrier and it's loaded with all these aircraft, when that carrier is in port, like those aircraft aren't there, they're at the airfield cause they're still flying, doing their training, stuff like that. So with squadron, do you, when they deploy, like when they go out to the ship, do you go with them or do you, do you stay at the airfield? Yeah. So it depends. So if they, uh, if a ship's, um, say just came out of a uh, maintenance period, um, as we like to call it, um, if it's going out for a week or two to do some testing for the ship specifically, uh, more times than not the squadron, the air wing is not going to go out with the ship, but once the ship starts getting the qualifications and everything needed uh, prior to deployment, that's when the air wing's going to start uh, going out with the ship on underways, you know, whether it's two weeks, a month, two months, um, whatever the case may be, mm -hmm. uh, because the air wing also has to get qualified um, just like the carrier right. does. Um, and what we call a workup cycle, a right. workup cycle um, can last several months leading up to a deployment wherever that may be now uh just i'm gonna pause for a second make sure you smash that like button we're here episode 79 talking about overseas with aoc the one the only jeremy snyder uh chief hetberg has commented said hi we miss you and but here's the big one all right you uh you have this um when when we kind of first met and we're kind of hanging out you you had a term for your family your kids you call them the herd the snyder herd right the herd, yeah, all four of them. Uh, so uh, your wife says, um, hi, daddy, we miss you. The kids are watching too. So I don't know if the hi, daddy is from the kids or if that's if that's what your wife calls you. If, it, if it, that's like a hi, daddy, or if it was your wife saying, hi, daddy, I don't know. Uh, but I hope not because nope. the next comment is from your mom that says dad and mom are watching too. So <laughs> oh, nice. mom and dad are down in Florida right now. Yeah, so um susan snyder that's your mom i assume yeah my so, mom yeah so from across the world and speaking of and, and i want to keep talking about you but i did mention that you're in bahrain there's a massive time difference like when me and you were talking about this it is we started 4 p.m eastern time here what time is it there so right now it's a quarter after midnight here um it's 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 friday here right now so right right it's a it's it's the next day and it's midnight. Um, and you know, I know when I said, Hey, like, are you sure that's awfully late? You're like, yeah, yeah you know, I want to do it. Absolutely. And I appreciate you staying up late, you know, just, just so the family knows he, he gets his proper sleep. Uh, and your wife did say it was the kids. It was not, it was not her saying daddy. It was the kids saying hi, dad. Uh, so yeah, but he gets his proper sleep. He stayed up just for Behind the Helm, the number one military podcast in Indiana. So, you know, another Indiana native. You got to talk to him. All right. So you went to yeah. went to Virginia. You're with that squadron. 
Uh, and then I believe your next orders were, were pretty cool. You, the next place you went were, was to where? Yeah, so after uh, after I finished in Virginia, I got orders to Fallon, Nevada, out to a strike fighter uh, wing detachment, which is Top Gun. Top Gun? Um, I just watched Maverick again for like the third time the other day. <laughs> You've seen it, right? Uh, I've already watched it probably 10 times. The new one? I thought they did a good job. You know, I was worried yeah. about it. How are you going to yeah. bring that back? I thought they did a very good job with it. So how, how yeah, much, because we've talked about the old movie too, me and you, that movie and this movie, you know, obviously you were there, what that would have been in the 2000s, okay? First movie's from 86, second movie just Correct. came out. Between the two movies, how how much of that did it, did it was looked truthful to what that school is or what you saw while you were there? I mean, a lot of the movies fabricated, I sure. mean, for one, the the real Top Gun doesn't take place in Miramar, California. Um, it's in Fallon, Nevada, like we discussed earlier. Um, you know, the pilots typically don't act like that, like a bunch of, you know, what do you they, they have to Hollywood, you know, for people to really enjoy it. But Top Gun was a lot of fun and there's a lot of cool, mm -hmm. um, cool stuff that was on out there. A lot of, a lot of, uh, I mean, those maneuvers and stuff. Um, you probably saw the scene where Maverick flew up in between the two planes. Yeah, that, that was not that was not real. Um, but all all of the flying and the and the the high angle and you know when they're flying over those mountains, that is all one hundred percent real. So you're telling me that that lieutenants don't just like drive in their bomber jackets on their on their ninjas like down the down the runway as jets are taking with no helmet on. Yeah. Ship, shipmate, where's okay. your safety belt? <laughs> Did you charge it? Like yeah, especially, especially into a Navy hangar and just park your personal bike in there. You yeah, know, that doesn't yeah, no big deal, right? He's an officer. It's fine. He's a lieutenant. Yeah. He's been in for at least four years. No big deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's definitely not real. It's still awesome, though. And I will tell you, like, I haven't been out there. Um, but I know when I went to recruiting school, it's in Pensacola. And in Pensacola is, is the home of the Blue Angels, right? And uh, the Blue Angels, they fly all the time to practice. And they do a lot of the, you know, what what you might call, like, risk. I don't want to say risky maneuvers, but more of, like, the kind of cool-looking maneuvers. And you get to see them practice that. And I don't care, like, how long you've been in the Navy, like, how, you know, when they're doing that and you're seeing it and you're, you feel it in your body, like you, like as they go by and you hear it, like, man, like it, it's, it's one of those like Navy pride moments. Like, God, man. Like, I, I've seen a, I've seen a blue angels demonstration or that I count on both hands and uh, still, still the same every time. It's still yeah. really exciting. I really enjoy it. We used to go to the air show at Oceana. My folks would come out and watch it. It's, uh, it's it was a lot of fun. Uh, and then, um, I man, I'm gonna mess this up. I always mess up. Anna, O N A, right? Anna. Yep, my oldest. Uh, she's she's on. She said hello. This is Anna. So give give a shout out to each one of your kids because they're watching. Man, they're they're excited to see dad. Shout out to Anna, Matt, Reagan, and Evie. Dad loves you. And misses you, which we're going to talk about in in a minute, right? We're talking about this overseas. So you were, you were at Top Gun. After Top Gun, you went where? I went back to Virginia Beach. I went to another F eighteen squadron. Okay. VF one forty three, the Pukin Dogs. Yeah, there's a good story behind that, and I believe we went into that. I'm going to encourage everybody to go back and watch the previous episode that find it. Because uh, I will tell you, I'm pretty sure it's also just in the audio. I'm finally getting caught up with that. It's on Spotify, Audible, Apple Podcasts, uh, and it's going to renew in February again so that I can get hopefully completely caught up. But definitely, uh, whether you watch on YouTube, Facebook, or you just listen to it, you just miss out on the bonus content if you listen to it. You know, because I got to cut that. It's more visual. But uh, yeah, we talked about how that came about. There's like an interesting story about that. Uh, and I would encourage you to go back and listen. So you were there. After that squadron, you went to where? I went to the Abraham Lincoln um, aircraft carrier. I went there for a year uh, to fill a void. Um, they needed a chief, so I went. Uh, well, I didn't willfully go. Uh, the Navy told me you're going, so I went. That and uh, spent, spent about a year on the, uh, on the carrier as ship's company. Uh, working on missile launchers and uh, aircraft mm -hmm. guns and stuff like that. So that was a pretty, 
pretty cool experience. It was different. Yeah, you got the opportunity to see both squadron. Like, not not all AOs get to do that, right? Like you said, not necessarily willingly, but you had an opportunity to see both squadron side and then kind of see ship's company side of it too, and working both sides. So that's kind of cool. I did. Yeah, it was it was interesting for sure. Now, good experience. A lot of cool people. In between the two, if you had to choose squadron, ship's company. No slack and fighter attack. So that that means squadron all the way. Uh, this is this is Freedom Fighter, AOC, Jeremy Snyder. Oh, I'm sorry, you got to say it right. You got to say Freedom Fighter. Uh, Freedom Fighter. Always, every time I'd be around you and your future sailors would call. What's going on, Freedom Fighter? Like, oh my God, this I, guy's I call awesome. Everybody, I call everybody Freedom Fighter out here too, but they don't get it. So <laughs> it's too good, man. All right, so you you were a ship's company for a bit, and then after that, you went where? I went to uh, good old Intag Heartland. Hey, you're on the Intag Heartland uh, Facebook page as well. So previous recruiter, uh, AOC Jeremy Snyder out of Lafayette, um, which you were originally from Plymouth. So I would assume that you you would have recruited then out of Kokomo, right? Like you when you joined. When I joined, there was a station in Warsaw. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't. I don't believe that station. I mean, I know the station's not a full up station anymore, but I don't know if they it's a, still have the ability to have a station there. It's a PTO. I think Tito used to work out of there a little bit. Yeah. I didn't know if South Bend or anybody or Fort mm-hmm. Wayne or anybody used that at all, but South Bend. So Lafayette's a little bit farther from home because Plymouth is is really kind of right up thirty one past Kokomo, uh, and right. Lafayette's kind of more over here. Uh, you know, for those who know Indiana, I'm not going to really explain it, but just, you know, Lafayette is well known, West Lafayette really, for Purdue University is where Purdue University is. So you were a, a recruiter there, um, started out there. And at this point, you were already a, a chief, I believe, correct? You you would. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so you'd already made chief. You were a recruiter here, um, you know, and, and uh, you got here and you witnessed the good times and the bad, right? Uh, you got to see both of that. Uh, and, you know, I, you were somebody I confided in when I went through chief season, uh, especially once I really got to know you, we realized number one, we're both bears fans. So that's, I mean, of course. Right. Uh, which by the way, I'm still rooting for the bears to win the super bowl. So, uh, somebody asked me the other day, said, who do you want to win the super bowl? I said, the Chicago bears. And they looked at me and they said, what, what are you talking about? Like, they're not playing. I, said, I don't care. That's who I want to win. So, you know, they didn't quite get it. Uh, you also got another <laughs> hello from, uh, Susan Smith, Susan Minnick Smith said, hello, Jay. Hey, Sue. So, uh, but yeah, you were, you were here. We worked together. We got to do some cool things. I mean, uh, in recruiting even, and I'm actually going to, you'll be able to see it. Uh, I'm going to pull up a, a couple pictures real quick, just of uh, our time here. So you guys can see this picture here. Uh, can you see that okay there, uh, Chief? I can, yeah. That was uh that was down to Lucas Oil. Yeah, Lucas Oil Stadium. This is Chief Snyder right here. This is me with this creepy mustache down here on the end. And F, uh, <laughs> FC1 Cadwell. And these are some of our future sailors. And what what were we down there for? Do you uh, go? You remember what we got to do? Yeah, it was really cool. We got to do, uh, basically, it was a mass um, enlistment ceremony for uh, the state of Indiana. So it was really cool. You could see all the future sailors there. Everybody was uh, sworn in. So that w- that was really cool. Yeah, and there were all the branches there, um, so there were people with everybody. And what's what's crazy, I didn't even realize it until this picture right here. You see this lady standing next to FC1 Cadwell. It was the first Space Force person any of us had ever met. She is a Space Force officer, and it was it, she was really nice, and it was really funny because I remember we asked her, like, so what do you what do? you do?" And I believe her she answer like, was nothing. I don't know. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> yeah, that's right, because they were still, like, in the building phase of – that's right. She was like – I. I don't really know. Um, but here's some of our future sailors. And uh, the video is not great, but here's us. We're on the field. And then we actually, we did the enlistment, and we didn't know really that we were going to get the opportunity. But that's how close we are. There's Carson Wentz. Uh, we didn't know that yeah, we were going to get the opportunity to do the, uh, you know, we walked around and stuff. Uh, but the flag. So here we got to take the the big giant flag out and this is this was like week 16 this is pretty deep in the season they were playing oakland 
yeah, uh, they were or playing uh, Las Vegas or whoever they were at the time. Las Vegas, I think. I believe that was the last game that they played the season. That was uh, that was their elimination game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to do that. We were right out on the field. That's my aunt and uncle. Uh, let me get past this because it's also the game. <laughs> I saved these because this is the game that uh, or the week that um, Antonio Brown. Yeah, kind of lost his mind. So. Uh, but here, <laughs> here you can see we were out on the field. There's a really big flag, and this picture is pointing at me. And I think you were you were two people down from me, up right past the stars, if I if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure in relation to this picture what side we were on, but I know we were only a few few people apart from each other. Yeah, it was you know. So even in our time recruiting, like we got to do some stuff together, and and we did some fun stuff. I think that was a really cool. Um, thing that we got to do uh, and get to take our future sailors down there. And, and, and they had the opportunity to do that. So super cool, you know, so, you know, recruiting has its ups and downs, just like everything else. Right. Sure. But then your time came to an end and uh, you took some, some very interesting orders. So you had your family um, in Lafayette with you and, but you guys mm -hmm. already had, you still had your, your home in Plymouth, right. Is I, I believe. From Plymouth, uh, my wife's uh, staying up in Culver right now with Culver. the kids. Mm. Yeah, we uh, we decided um, not to bring the family out here. Um, we did have the opportunity to, um, but being as it's still the Middle East, um, we just yeah. weren't that comfortable doing so. So with that, uh, I'm gonna pull up the I'm gonna pull up some pictures so people can see where this is at. But so you are, what exactly were the orders that you you took? Like what? what was it so so my orders are to uh commander u.s naval forces central command mm -hmm. so basically we're um um a command that falls under centcom so we we answer directly to centcom which is in uh tampa bay florida uh for those who uh, don't know or have ever heard of centcom base basically centcom runs everything um and then NAVCENT, uh, we operate in the Fifth Fleet area of operations, which is in the Arabian Gulf area there in the Middle East, uh, Southwest Asia area. So that's all um, NAVCENT for Naval Forces. So we're, we're basically the... Mm -hmm. And I've been to Bahrain. I came over in the Med. This picture, you know, it might be tough for you to see, but you have to come past Egypt down here through the Red Sea, past Yemen, past uh, Oman, uh, and then you got the UAE and Qatar here and you know Saudi Arabia is real big and you can see this little star here where it says Bahrain and it doesn't do it justice because Bahrain is actually um, it's an island more or less uh, here you can see Qatar and you can kind of see Bahrain it is a it's small island and here is a better picture so it is connected to Saudi Arabia um, and it's in between, you know, you got the Gulf of Bahrain and then the Persian Gulf, and it's in between Saudi Arabia and Qatar. So you took orders to go there, and you have been there since when? I uh, I arrived in country the 8th of September of uh, last year, so I've only been here for four months, roughly. And the, so. the orders you took are, uh, you know, since you're unaccompanied, did that change the length of orders? I, I believe we talked about. It. I don't really remember though. So, so my so my orders right now are 24 months. 24, mm -hmm. 24 month um, unaccompanied orders, and you're over in Bahrain. Uh, you know, I know there's there's you know uh, there's certain things you can't really talk about because of where it is, um, but kind of what what's your what's your job if you had to break down your job like what you're there you personally to kind of do in layman's terms uh what does that look like so basically in a nutshell um you know the navy has ships all over the world um you know ships in the mediterranean sea ships in the pacific wherever um so anytime we get not we don't deal with just ships specifically, but also certain ground forces and stuff over mm -hmm. here in the AR. Um, but say for instance, um, you know, I'm not gonna say what ships or you know, what kind of ships or how many ships we have over here currently, sure. but say we have a destroyer out here. Um, we coordinate with the destroyer, you know, anytime they have to use ordnance or they need more ordnance or anything like that, um, they coordinate with us and we 
help them with the logistical support to get it to them, to get them what they need. We support the warfighter basically. Yeah. So whether, whether that's Naval ground forces or ship. Right. And I mean, same thing. Like I was on a destroyer, you know, we got to pull in there a few times. Um, and it was, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot there, uh, for, for being so small. And then the base that we have, you know, I love the movie theater, like the movie theater was nice and there's like a club and bar and stuff in there. And you yep. get to go out and like kind of right off base, obviously they kind of call it American alley. There's very modernized. Uh, but you were, you were also saying that, you know, you've been there multiple times and, and you were kind of noticing that it's, it's really kind of getting a little, even more so kind of Westernized there. It is. Um, it's, it seems like every time I've came over here, it's gotten more and more Westernized. Um, like you go into a store, you know, it, they're, they're, they're a little bit behind on the music trend. Um, they're, you know, they're not, <laughs> I'd, I'd say they're over here. They're probably a good 10 or so years behind on the music trend, but they, they really like our music as far as restaurants. Uh, I mean, you know, you always have the local, the local flavors, but like, if you want like McDonald's, it's here. If you want Papa John's pizza, pizza hut, um, they have factory TGI Fridays, you know, they have all, they have all that stuff here. So, um, and the shopping malls, they, most of the stores inside are American stores. Like I'm trying to remember if it was when I was there or in Jabali, I went to, and, and you might be able to tell me, I went to this big mall and there was a, you know, you're in the desert. And there was a there was a ski slope in the mall, which we weren't allowed to go on because of fear of people getting injured, being silly. Is that in Bahrain? That is in Dubai. That's yeah, in that's UAE. okay. Yeah, that's UAE. Okay, I couldn't remember which one. You know, I couldn't remember which it was, but I remember going in there because we ate the restaurant where we could overlook it, and we're like watching everybody skiing, and it's like you know 110 degrees outside, and there are people like skiing on snow. It's like. <laughs> They're in there in full winter gear, throwing snowballs, building snowmen. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's really, really crazy. Um, Aaron Shields, which is one of my future sailors who's who's out doing great sailor things now. He's an engine man, said afternoon, Chief. Afternoon, Shields. Good to see you. Thanks for tuning in. Um, again, make sure you smash that like button. We're here with AOC Snyder, episode 79, talking about overseas. Make sure to subscribe, share this feed. Um, so you're in Bahrain. You've been there for four months. Um, you know, your, your family's back home here in Indiana as, as they're all – you know, they were all commenting, saying hi and, and shouting you out, which is great. Um, you know, what is it? Um, so let's, let's talk about that a little bit, but before we do, I, I don't even think I'm going to show the AO video. Like, I feel like you kind of, kind of hit it on the head. And, um, I had like a, a video I was going to show about Bahrain, but I just feel like me and you can really just kind of talk about it. I mean, there's all kinds of videos you can watch about Bahrain and, and you can go watch the AO video. It's like a minute long, but we've seen it. And I think, you know, obviously we've talked like the navy the navy videos for the jobs are kind of it's it's good information it it literally is what the job is but it's also a very short condensed hey commercial you know uh it doesn't show an an aoc chief like chilling in his apartment in bahrain you know what i mean like so i think it's it's about as real as it gets right here uh shield said he finished ena school coming home one more time before he heads off to norfolk virginia so good luck to you man make sure you get a hold of me when you when you get home and uh, we'll have to get together i'd love to catch up with you but um so you're in bahrain uh you know we've stayed in touch obviously um through through facebook so it's it's not like you're how was the transition for you i mean because you're not moving your entire family and your household goods how did that transition look like just the transition process, how did that kind of work? Uh, what were the struggles and, or what, what was easy about it? Well, I'd, I'd say at this point in my career, um, you know, anytime you go, even at, even at this point in my career, I should say like anytime you go to a new place uh, for an extended amount of time, you know, there's always that little bit of culture shock, mm-hmm. even though I, even though I'd been here before previously, um, it, it's something you never really get used to. Um, right. But like I said, I'd been here before, so I, I knew my way around the area a little bit just from remembering. And uh, um, so, so it really wasn't too bad uh, of a transition. Just really just missing the family. You know, that's the big thing. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, thank God for Facebook and right. FaceTime and everything like that makes it a lot easier. Yeah, so. I mean, it's it's obviously like we're on Zoom right now uh, that I don't you know, it's it's 
over the internet there's not really any you know we're not experiencing any lag it's it's pretty much straight it's not like bad i remember this wasn't even that long ago but this was before i joined i had a buddy who was stationed in okinawa and um we'd have video chat and stuff and he called me a few times best friend from high school uh and there was that delay on the phone you know like he would say something or you would say something there'd be this pause before he would answer um so i mean the technology has come a long way for us to be able to communicate it makes it a lot easier yeah, absolutely Can you imagine doing this over dial up oh my goodness if that's even possible dial up what does asl stand for remember what does what stand for uh, I, uh that was my first internet was aol right oh AOL, you get on the, yeah you get on the messenger but what was yeah what was what when you would type in a in a chat asl you remember what that meant i do remember to an extent but i don't age sex location oh man the remember chat that? rooms yeah Oh, it's a girl, bro. Oh, she's from Indiana. Like, yeah, man. Uh, well, we had uh, Slattery put it. Slattery had it. She she posted instantly. Age, sex, location. Absolutely. People don't even know, man. The the that aim messenger, man. Like, is you go find your next love. Uh, speaking of like, uh, with with um your your family, your wife. Like, you guys met in a chat room, didn't you? Or was it? Uh, you no, know, I'm just kidding. You guys went to high school together, right? went to different high schools she went to Culver I went to Plymouth and yeah how did you how did you yeah. guys meet like was were you already in the Navy or no no I we met through uh one of my uh one of my cousins and one of her cousins and that's so Indiana right there it isn't it though our cousins our cousins introduced us said you like him mm. but yeah I mean because you so that was that was long before you even joined so I mean you and your wife have been um happily married for how long now 14 years it made uh 14 years in december so i should have i should have preferenced that i should have warned you before i asked you that in case you didn't know the answer because i won't get you in trouble since like half your family's watching you know i have to i have to keep on my toes she keeps me on my toes all the time so actually your wife I, said that she that you were at <laughs> she said you oh, were I, you I, were at her baby shower before you were before she was born yeah yeah I, yeah, <laughs> you just gonna not take sure. it. I got not sure how that out, but <laughs> I've heard that. Sometimes. Yeah, I gotta admit too, your new haircut's looking good. Oh, thanks. Yeah, smooth, it's nice. Got a real good sheen on that. So uh, oh, yeah. you're over there. What would you say to somebody like what's um, you know, transition wasn't bad. How was that time change though? Because like for well, me, as we're coming over on the ship, you know, you're you're slowly getting that time change. Um, right. How, how did you, did you fly straight over? How did that, or did you stop for a while or? Yeah. So, so basically I was, I was home on leave in Indiana. Mm -hmm. So my, um, you know, in, in true Navy fashion, they couldn't fly me out of, uh, Indianapolis. They had to fly me out of Detroit. Nice. Cause that's where headquarters was. Um, but it all worked out. I'm just, but, uh, flew, uh, flew from Detroit to Norfolk. Uh, once I got to Norfolk, I stayed the night in Norfolk. Went over to the military terminal, which I right. hopped on what was rotator. They call it a rotator because it rotates from overseas flights back to the United States, transporting personnel, uh, goods, supplies, whatever. But typically the rotator uh, transports personnel. So after we left Norfolk, we flew from Norfolk to um, Rota, Spain. Mm -hmm. Landed in Spain, uh, stayed a few hours there. And then after Spain... Um, we flew to Bahrain. So it was just once. So, well, I mean, once you once you left the U.S., you just had one stop. So hop the pond, went to Spain, then from Spain to to Bahrain. What was the longest leg of that flight? Definitely from Norfolk to uh, Spain. Norfolk. To, yeah, it was pretty uh, pretty long flight. I, I can't remember. I think it it was over ten hours. Man, that's crazy. Um, and, and like you were saying, it's, it's a little bit different going on a ship as you're going through the time mm -hmm. zones because, you know, your time zone, maybe every two days, you know, on a plane over the course of, you know, 48 hours, Yeah. you know, you went through eight time zones. So, you know, your circadian rhythm, everything's thrown off. So mm -hmm. it took about a month for 
for my, you know, for me personally to get into a rhythm, I, you know, I, the sleep schedule and everything's kind of off, you know, when you land, you're exhausted, but you know, you kind of want to yeah, see what's yeah, going oh, on. Yeah. What's going on. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm here, you know, and then you're just like, oh, I'm exhausted. So you crash and then slowly but surely, you know, you, you get your sleep schedule on. Now I will say that when we were over there, we were pulled in at one point and it was super hot. This, this was crazy. Um, it rained, right? You know, cause we always clean the ship, do fresh water wash down. You got to wash the salt off cause it, it'll corrode just like your car, you know, the salt right. from the road stuff. Uh, and a storm had rolled in and there was a rainstorm we're like, oh, perfect. Right. Like, you know, it's going to do the work for us. And after it rained, there were sand dunes, like little sand piles on the ship. And come to find out, I, like, we're like, what happened? But the the sand and stuff is so fine over there uh, that it literally will get picked up in the air and then um, it gets caught in the rain. And so the raindrops that are falling are like, it's, it's rain that's like full of this really fine sand. So as the sand would hit the ship and dry, it's leaving, or as the rain would, it was leaving sand behind. So then we still had to do the wash down to get the sand off. So I, I thought that was, that was wild. Um, you know, cause that sand is just, I mean, it, it gets everywhere. It, it is, it is very fine sand over here. And, uh, and you know, a, a lot of times during the day, you know, you you look outside, you're like, is it, is it foggy out? But it's like, no, it's not fog. It's actually the sand in the air. Yeah. Air. Um, so not too bad. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's sand, it's not going to hurt you, but, uh, you're a little bit sensitive you know allergies kind of might kick in a little bit but it, it's not it's really not too bad and it's not sandy all the time um, right well and you know most yeah and you're so you're over there okay and i think i think a, a big thing to take so we're talking about what it's like serving overseas so you're not on a ship you're serving there um but like obviously like you're it looks like you're in uh, an apartment or a house or, or is it on base or off base? How does it, I'm every place a little different. We've talked to Slattery about when she was in Spain, obviously she had a house out in town. I think Bahrain's right. a little different though. Yeah. So, um, so junior sailors, when I say junior sailors, um, E4 and below, they live on base because there is limited space. The base sure. is only so big. So, uh, what they do is, uh, service members that are second class petty officers or, you know, if you're in the Marine Corps, because we have Marines out here too, mm -hmm. or sergeant of, um, are given a overseas housing allowance and a, um, funds for utilities to live out in town. Uh, and those funds are based on the, on the current, you know, economy and everything like that. So you of can where get a really at. nice, mm -hmm. right. Correct. So, yeah, you uh, basically you can pick any place that falls in your budget and be like, I want to move in here. And the base, uh, you know, the base, there's a process to it, but they make it pretty streamlined out here. Mm -hmm. um, the base housing office approves it, signs your paperwork off, and, you know, you, you get with your realtor and you, you move in. It's uh, So how far cool. are you from work then? I can actually look out my window and see uh, part of the base right here. I wanted to be close to base. Yeah, um, sure. Just just for the convenience factor. So I, I get up every morning and I take about a 15, 20 minute walk to work. It's pretty nice. Kind oh, of you gets, just go uh, ahead and walk to work. work. Yeah. So you don't, you don't need a car. Um, some people have cars, but you don't need a car here. Um, Ubers are pretty cheap here. Mm -hmm. um, Uber is very popular over here. Um, but most of the, most of the places I go to, uh, you know, and I, when I say me, I mean with other people, mostly everybody walks. So. Yeah. So we're again we're on episode 79 we're talking about overseas with AOC chief uh Snyder and he is currently stationed in the kingdom of Bahrain and that's where he's where he's at right now it's a little it's a almost 1 a.m. and he's staying up late for us so I appreciate it um so tell us uh you know so you know obviously like I said you're you're in a home you're you're just living there it's not you're not deployed. It's not like a deployment. What people would think of like you're, you're, you're stationed there. So it's not like go, go, go. You're living in like a, you know, like a, you know, a, a thrown up shack or anything like that. You're living in a home, you're there. Um, and you just have like a, a normal work day, right? Like you have, you, you have your free time, you have your off time. Like it's like, I don't want to say nine to five. I'm sure there are some days where it's shorter than that, longer than that. I mean, that's just the, 
the job that we're in. Uh, but for the most part, like, I mean, it, it's just a normal job, right? It is. Yeah. And, uh, for, for a lot of different ratings, um, well, for most of the ratings out here, um, there's, you know, there's a lot of mastered arms out here, security forces, mm-hmm. it, um, cryptological technicians. Uh, there's, there's a handful, uh, a handful of AOs out here, um, including the, uh, weapon station folks, which they got a decent amount of people, but, um, this is considered sea duty for a lot of people, even though we're on shore because we're, you know, forward, um, base. Yeah. Um, and there is travel involved in this job too. Um, I actually just got back from Dubai a few weeks ago. I was over there. Uh, I went to another base. Um, I went to Dubai and I went to Fujairah, um, mm-hmm. UAE, which is right on the, uh, Western tip of where, uh, the UAE meets, uh, Oman. Mm-hmm. So I was, there, um, a few weeks back. So got to do a little bit of traveling over there. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Dubai is, Dubai is insane. I mean, that, that place is that place that you buy. You want to buy a custom suit there. If you're if you ride a bike, you get your leather jackets over there and and gold jewelry is like those three things are the big like, hey, you're going to get some good quality stuff pretty cheap uh, or cheaper because uh, it's a pretty expensive place. Um, I'm going to pull up these pictures like, um, you know, just just some of the stuff with Bahrain. It, it is Western and like I feel like. In this area, you got everybody has heard of Dubai, um, but like Bahrain, same thing, like becoming very westernized. You can see these really um, pretty buildings, high rise buildings, hotels. Um, you know, what would you say to anybody about Bahrain? Like, what's the coolest stuff you've you've seen? I, you've been there a few times, uh, but like what kind of took you aback the first time you saw it as far as, you know, like, wow, that's just like really cool and not what I would expect um, in Bahrain stupid light well um you know when you see a lot of like that 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 picture you have right there with that building with the two kind of triangles um so that building is pretty unique so that's actually a a world trade center there's Um, a there's a wind turbine is this the building that has the wind turbines on this too that's that that powers the building those wind turbines yeah you can't really see it too well but i know i've seen it in close-up pictures there these three I think all three of those, there are actual like wind turbines for, you know, wind power that, that powers that building. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Now, and uh, um, after you're over here or you've been to the Middle East, um, you know, several times, uh, the buildings are, I mean, they're, they're very impressive, but I mean, there's just so many of them and the architecture over here is just through the roof crazy. So after you see, uh, after you see buildings, you know, you're, it's they're they're not as as impressive as they were i would say i don't want to use the wrong term because they are impressive but like once you yeah, see you're one, used to people, it like you're just so used to it, you're like man that's an awesome building it's um but i mean there's a lot of stuff to do over here um if if you're into formula one racing there's a there's a grand prix track down uh, near the uh south central part of the island actually the uh, formula one race mm-hmm. um the first race of the formula one circuit is here in Bahrain, So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and I think another thing you were talking about the, the culture shock, um, you know, obviously, um, the primary religion over there, they have prayer time. Uh, there are certain things during the certain times of day that you don't do. Um, what do you think the biggest culture shock for you was? I mean, yes, you've, you've had the opportunity to be there a couple times. Um, but what would be like the, the, you know, for anybody who's never been there, what would be kind of like the, the real big culture shock? Well, um, you know, the people, the people over here are, are generally very friendly. Um, you don't want to walk around town, you know, you don't want to be throwing swear words out there or flipping people off like they do in America. That'll get you in trouble over here. Um, you don't want to spit on the sidewalks and stuff. That's, that's kind of frowned upon. Um, you, you know, they're, they're pretty lenient over here for the most part, but um, you know, you don't want to get caught disrespecting, you know, somebody over here. Uh, yeah. They're like actually said, really big on, on, you know, I don't think people realize that, but they're, they're actually really big on just like being respectful. Um, these very, very respectful, um, decent, decent people. Mm-hmm. Um, what, you know, what's, uh, so food wise, right. Let's talk about that. Cause everybody likes food. Um, what do you think is your, uh, 
favorite local cuisine like that that is that is more you um, know hey that area yeah um so it's it's a melting pot really when it comes to food i i don't think i really have any particular one i like more than the other mm-hmm. um because you have you know you have asian cuisine you have iraqi iranian cuisine indian cuisine american you know uh, but i i come to really like falafel i don't know if you've ever had it or not yeah it's really good over here the you know it's kind of almost almost kind of looks like a hush puppy i guess yep um they're, they're just really good so if you've never had it you need to try it it's pretty good yeah i had it when i was over there yeah like my thing was is like i think when we were in bahrain um some guys wanted to go out to like tgi fridays i'm like why why you know like we pull into <laughs> different ports they're like oh they got a like they got a mcdonald's like down the street i'm like why like i don't know they're like i i haven't but it's different because you're there, right? Like, like when I'm pulling in on a ship and I'm just visiting for a couple of days, like I'm, right, I want to try what's what's local, you know. I want to see, you know. Um, and I think when we were over there, I don't remember which which navy it was. We had some officers come on our ship, um, and they had uh, brought like, like, oh man, like when you're over there and you get like fresh, like baklava, like. Oh my, oh my gosh. Like it's, it's so good. And they also brought on our ship. They brought us like the kind of gummy candy, you know, that has like the powdered sugar on the outside. It's like real, um, sticky. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't think of what it's called. It's so, uh, no, those were, those were, never mind. That wasn't there. That was Turkey. It's like the Turkish candy, um, is really good. But baklava, um, over there is really good too. So yeah, it was, it was awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's just a really cool place. I mean, um, you know, you have the souks, which are basically areas with tons of different stores, you know. Um, kind of like an outdoor item. mall marketplace when you say souk, right? Exactly. I mean, any any everything from, you know, clothing textiles to, to spices and coffee beans to, you know, uh, uh, pashimo wool blankets, um, stuff like that, which I, I bought my wife, so I'm like, I got to get them in the mail or she's going to kill me if I don't get them in the middle. <laughs> too soon. Um, but just all kinds of stuff and, and very, very reasonably priced. Um, you know, a lot of the, uh, the handmade rugs and the blankets, you know, oh, those yeah. are all mm-hmm. and I mean, they don't have, um, you know, the, the folks that are making these don't have high tech equipment making these. These are this, a lot of the stuff's done by hand carved from wood. You know, they, they, they take a lot of pride in their, in their craft. Now, what about the, uh, you know, we talk about the modern architecture, but what mm-hmm. about like, you know, if you can kind of see this picture, but like the big mosques and like kind of the, the older architecture, I know like when I was there, there are a few, you know, things that, that we got to see those like, wow, like, you know, that's cool. Like, you know, you look at this picture and you see this archway and you can tell that this is obviously like, um, you know, a, a building that's not in use anymore, but the fact that it has this kind of that that arch in that way um you know the architecture over there is is really i mean it was amazing back then you know it's not something that we see here yeah um like an example the uh, the grand mosque i mean there's several mosques um here on the island um the grand mosque uh, not too far uh, from the base here i actually went and took a tour of that is that um, this one here that i'm showing i think Is that like a rendering, like a? No, that's a picture. Is it a picture? It's kind of I, I really can't tell, but yeah, actually that 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 is it, I believe. The Grand Mosque, and it's it's because it, the, the Grand yeah, Mosque the, is like the biggest one on the island, right? And it's it's massive. At, at now, yeah, they're building another one. It's it's going to be it's they're building a mosque like on a almost like a little peninsula, like an artificial peninsula. They're building, and it's going to be pretty large. Yeah, the um, just uh, the craftsmanship and the the amount of marble that they use when they construct, like everything's constructed out of stone and marble and granite. It's it's really impressive. Um, but one of the interesting things uh, about the architecture out here, um, you know, a lot a lot of things that are you know built in the you know things that are built in the states, you know. Um, say say a building you know it has seven archways because the seven arches are symbolic for something right well 
here in Islam, they don't construct things um, that are symbolic like that. Like, like they have a rotunda in the mosque. Um, it has X amount of windows, but that number of windows doesn't mean anything significantly. That's just the number that they built it with. You know what I mean? They right. don't. They don't tie. They don't tie numbers or certain. They don't tie numbers or certain symbols to other things, like especially religion. So I, th- I thought that was really interesting. They don't. It's just not something they do over here. Yeah. So. I mean, like you're saying, there's a ton to do there, you know, so you're really, you know, when you're serving overseas, I mean, you get the opportunity to live in this culture. Uh, you know, right. you, you're not, we try to when we're on a ship, but it's, it's very quick where you get the opportunity to really like see this culture and, and see these people and, and really, you know, become enveloped in it. And I would encourage anybody, if you get an opportunity, like if you can't, it's kind of hard when we get a little older, we have kids and families, um, but especially if you're a young sailor and you get an opportunity to serve overseas, like what other job is going to pay you to move overseas and get to live in another culture? And then if you're somebody who is serving overseas, um, you know, get off the base, you know, go, go see this culture. You know, you're, you you may never have a chance again. Uh, so again, we're here on episode 79 with AOC Snyder. We're talking about overseas. He's serving in the kingdom of Bahrain. Uh, you know, make sure you drop a comment down below or a question. We'll make sure to get an answer. If you have any questions for, for Chief Snyder or myself or about Bahrain or, or serving overseas, you know, he'd be more than happy to answer them. Um, you know, we're going to go like maybe a minute longer here and then we got to get into our bonus content because, I mean, it's getting a little past your bedtime. Oh, I'm, I'm good. Uh, one thing I did forget to mention was no, for, for Bahrain is very small, but to give you a size comparison in relation to Indiana, there if you, you were to you were to take the island of Bahrain and say put it over Indianapolis, it would stretch roughly from West uh, Westfield to Greenwood. That's it. That's it. I mean, that's even smaller than I thought. North to, north to south, east to west, you're you're looking probably around Speedway to um, um, Speedway to say over by Meps. Wow. Uh, Lawrence, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lawrence. Yeah. Lawrence. That's even smaller Speedway. than I even thought. And I mean, it's uh, there's there's still all that stuff there. I mean, it's not, you know what I mean? Like it's it, that's insane. It, yeah, there's almost a there's uh, there's about a million four hundred thousand people on this island. Yeah. Now, now do you see that as and uh, Slattery just said yes. Being stationed overseas is where it's at. I would encourage anybody to go back. I just Slattery. I just listened to our episode on the like on the audio part of it where we were talking about when you were stationed in Rota, Spain. Um, you know, definitely check that episode out. It was a great conversation. Um, but you know, you're saying that there's that many people in that small area. Um, do you notice that? Like um a master chief I used to work with said when he served in Japan, he loved it. He absolutely loved it. He would encourage anybody. He had his family there. He said, but over there it's so packed that so, like the culture's really good but they don't really have personal space isn't a thing over there. Do you notice that in Bahrain with it being so small or is it, you know, how's that? Well, the, the thing is, is, you know, the city area, you know, there's different parts of the city. Like we, like the base here where I'm living is the, the capital is Manama, but there's different parts of the city. You know, you have Rifa, you have Sif, you have Morocco, you have, the Amwaj islands and stuff. But once you start getting down to the central, I'd say more to the Southern part of the Island, like there's parts where it's like almost like desert, like, you know what I mean? A thing constructed out there. So there's still plenty of space. The reason they're able to get so many people in a small area is because of all the high rise buildings. Yeah. Uh, Like my building's 48 stories tall. I live on the 26th floor. So you can house a lot of people in this building and that's how they do. City. I mean, these buildings are very close together. It's a, it's like a concrete jungle, really. Yeah. Um, for lack of a better word. Yeah, I mean, but there's still, you know, like you said, there's so you still have these rural areas. You still have areas with nothing. You still have. It's not like I've definitely been places where it's, you know, where you can say concrete jungle, where it's like stacked on top of stacked on top of stacked. But I would say that Bahrain is still has very beautiful areas. It's not like 
industrial or or like you know slammed together almost it's it's done very well like they you know like you said the architecture over there i they just they got it figured out like it's it's crazy the stuff that they do when it comes to building uh building skyscrapers they definitely have they definitely have it figured out for sure now i know that you weren't too concerned about where you live and stuff you know not to obviously because like what matters to you your family and stuff is back here so i know that you went you know hey let, i'm just going to keep it pretty simple but um if you don't mind me asking like what what type of apartment did did you end up with or what is it like how how is the sizing of housing over there comparatively to what we would think in the u.s because you're not on base like this is not this is right. yeah yeah so um so i have a uh i have like a like a loft uh, apartment like a, a flat if you want to call it i mean i i could have got a three bedroom sure. um i didn't need a bedroom so i got a so my upstairs is a loft it has my bedroom full bathroom um you come down the stairs i have a, a full kitchen dining room and then my little living room area and i have a little balcony i've, I've got you know a 20 foot glass window over here wow. that stretches you know i can i got a view of the ocean right there so it's it's pretty cool and that's yeah and you, like you said you could have went bigger you could have had like a three bedroom it's not i think sometimes when people think of over there they think of like the one bedroom shack like that with a whole family in it that's that's not this area like these are you know this this culture these people they're they're i don't want to say like well off but like it's you know they're living normal like what we would see it's just there's some cultural difference so yeah the currency is very high over here it's 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 one of the top currencies in the world under Kuwait. I mean, so to put it in perspective, one American dollar. Um, so it, it takes uh, $2 and 65 cents okay. to get one of their dollars. So, but how is it? Com- so like, I remember, and it changed all the time. So like when we pulled into Israel, like one of our dollars was worth eight of theirs. But if like this pin was one American dollar, it would be eight in Israel. Uh, and then like when I was in Romania, $1 was worth four lei, but if this was one American dollar, it'd only be one Romanian lei. Like how is it, is it comparable or is it, is it actually a little bit more expensive over there? It's definitely more expensive. Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of relative, but, mm-hmm. but like I said, if, if I want like, um, can I come up with an example? Your wife said it's huge. I think she's talking about your window. But the window's huge. I think so. She said it's huge. Probably your. Oh, I think she's talking about your apartment in general, like for it being just like a loft, one bedroom apartment. I wouldn't say it's huge, but I mean, it, it suits me fine. It's I'm a simple guy. I don't need anything super crazy, but, um, but yeah, I mean, as far as the money, um, yeah, two two dollars and sixty five cents American will give you one of their Bahraini dinars. So. Yeah, dinar. That's what it is. I couldn't remember what it's called. Dinar. Yeah, that's right. Because Bahrain has their own. It's not because like a lot of the UAE has has their Western countries have their own currency. Um, like you have Kuwaiti dinar. Um, Saudi Arabia has what they call real. Yeah. Um, Omani. Um, you know, Oman has dinar. They, everybody's got their own currency, and a lot of the uh, well, they call it the uh, Gulf Coast Council. Mm-hmm. A lot of the countries like UAE. UAE uses uh, Durham's and a lot of the countries here on the Gulf Coast will actually, you know, you can use the the currency at each yeah. places. They'll kind of adjust the currency rate, you know, and you'd be like, will you take real? And they'll be like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, it might get stiffed a little. got to make sure you know what the exchange rate is, but, uh, well, I will tell anybody who's watching, um, you know, I, I stay in contact with, with Chief Snyder. If you watch this later, you listen to this later, if you have questions specifically for him or or just about overseas or anything, don't hesitate. Drop those comments down below. We see them afterwards, too. Of course, it's it's best to interact live. Uh, you can derail us. We're, we're pretty good at doing that all by ourselves. But make sure you smash that like button, subscribe, so you see the new episodes come out. They're live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, however... You know, it sometimes you can't do that. So definitely check us out. We're on YouTube, Twitch, obviously here on Facebook uh, live, and then you can watch them after the fact. And I'm getting caught up on the audio portion of it too. So if you just want to listen, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, 
Uh, we're on episode 79. I believe I'm up to 61 on the audio. So I should get caught up here soon. Uh, and your wife did say she meant the apartment. For for what it is, I think she's saying it's it's pretty big for what you would think. Uh, so that's awesome. Um, so serving in the kingdom of Bahrain, a lot of great information about Bahrain and what that transition looked like. You know, I, I know you said probably the hardest part for you is it isn't the job. It's not. It's not the being overseas i think we're kind of conditioned for that and a lot of us when we join the navy that's you know we want to travel i think for you and as we get a little bit older we have a family it's that your family's not there i know how close you are with with your kids and your wife and and not having them there uh so i know that's kind of tough for you but like you said the technology being able to see it's not the same as being able to hug your kids and your wife but right you know actually being able to talk to them and see them uh it's great i can't imagine doing it you know 20 years ago so you know um but i know your kids are watching and your and your wife and your families are watching so give them another shout out before we move into bonus content man did you hear me uh-oh can you hear me okay yeah oh what? i'm sorry we might have cut out there a little bit i said we're before we move into bonus content, I know you're missing your kids and your family's watching. Go ahead and give them one, one last shout out, and uh, you know, let them know that you're there, and and we'll move on. Hey, kids, dad loves you. Absolutely. So, and, and your wife. What's that? And and your wife. Of course, she knows that. Yeah. Love you too, babe. Uh, Owen Owen Klinger just said, uh, "Go, Uncle Jay." So, I was, yes, my nephew. Yeah, so another family member, man. A lot, a lot of people showing up for you. All right, so uh, this is where we end the episode. We're going into bonus content. Thank you for listening to today's episode. You were just behind the helm. If you want to watch that bonus content, make sure to head on over to Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, where it is available right now. No matter what platform you watch or listen to this show on, make sure you like it, follow it, share it, hit the bells, do whatever it takes to help grow this channel. You can also watch the episodes live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The link is in the description, but you can find it by searching Behind the Helm on Twitch, YouTube, or Facebook. Thank you again, and we hope to see you next time.